Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever listen to this episode 233 of the Tree Talk podcast. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt O'Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. We have a special guest from Tip joining us shortly after introduction as Limerick prepared to head to Turles for a do or die in Munster Senior Hurling Championship game. We're going to look back on the first round of the Talchon Cup, Limerick getting the win over Longford and not too long to rest now before they play Carroll this weekend. And obviously the Miners ending a long, long wait for a bit of silver with a phase one win over Tipperary last weekend. So stay tuned for all that and more. The impression again, we get old with what you put in. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go and get it, no more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pounds worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the war court today. No more about him. He made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the back of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? No sympathy in this game for anybody. The sun is shining. It's Munster Championship hurling weekend. We have Paul Carroll from Tip FM joining us. Paul, how are you keeping? Lads, how are you getting on? Good. good. good how are you, Paul? Oh, good. Thanks for having me. I suppose you can kind of feel it in the air. It's it's a huge game this weekend. Limerick versus Tipperary. I know they've they've played each other in in Munster finals in recent years. But from a tip point of view, is there? Kind of a palpable sense that this is a chance to inflict a huge blow on Limerick. Uh, yeah, there is, but there's also the the worry that nearly too much has been made about Limerick. You know, they only lost by a point to to Clare, but it's kind of like, you know, no one is afraid to go too far ahead of themselves and say, "Geez, if if you know if, if Cork beat Clare, we've the chance to knock Limerick out of the Munster Championship." You know, so there's definitely, as you said, it's palpable. There's a lot of excitement. You know, I think. They they reckon it's going to be forty six thousand odds in Semple Stadium, so which is the capacity. Like so, it's just going to be an unbelievable occasion. And as you said, the sun is shining. I think Sunday is to be a fine day as well. But yeah, I suppose this this tip uh, this tip panel have had a lot of pain, I suppose, against Limerick in the last uh, couple of years. And uh, I think since John Kylie came in, I think there's been six championship games in the Munster between them, and Limerick have won all five, and the only one tip one was that kind of basically dead rubber in was it 2019 or that like you know so if if it comes to four o'clock on sunday and cork have beaten claire um it will def- definitely add to the occasion if it's uh that kind of jeopardy hanging over the match that if limerick lose they're out so it's just, it's going to be a special occasion anyway yeah i john kiley kind of spoke about sheltering the players before and it was more in line with you know the hype around it but is there any way the players will go out into that field on four o'clock on Sunday and not know what happened earlier? I was thinking that when I was driving in here. I was like, what way will they manage that now? Like, like two o'clock is when that game throws in. Like, you know, so the players will be probably just in the stadium, maybe, or over in Dr. Morris Park. Like, they will hear. They'll hear, like, because even if you're training in Dr. Or if they're doing the warm-up out in Dr. Morris Park while the football is on and running into the stadium, Someone will say, "Oh, Jez, Corker after being better, Claire after being better." Like the players will know, but it's how I wonder how they will manage that. But yeah, the players will know either way. I I would imagine, but I don't think they'll need to need any extra motivation from that. Like I don't, 
there's been kind of some talk of, uh, oh, will Tip, you know, might have an eye on the Waterford game and be like, ah, will we will we rest a few lads? I think I don't think so. I think with this Tip panel, because they've lost to Limerick so much, and Liam Cattle as well has had his losses with Waterford against Limerick, that if they have the chance to knock him out, they're going to go all guns blazing, and Limerick will be going all guns blazing as well if they have to win to stay in the championship. So it's just set up perfectly. Yeah, Matt, just you quickly there. Um, you know, Limerick like to prepare meticulously, and we know that with, with John Kiley and, and Canark. But, you know, do you allow the lads to know what the score is? Do you tell them, look, uh, Claire be Cork or Cork be Claire, we have to win? Or do you kind of hope that they, they avoid it somehow? Well, I, I, I'm not so sure that, that um, is there any way that you can shield them from it? You know, because technology is such now and everybody has access to it in their pockets. So, you know, um, I, in, a, in an ideal scenario, you, you would try and shield them from it. But I, I, I think you're you're looking for the impossible in that. And I agree with Paul. I, I, you know, the, there is no way. But I, I would just like to ask Paul there, um, if, 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 if Cork beat, beat Claire and... Um, um, we said Tipperary have the opportunity of knocking Limerick out. Does he believe that that would bring extra pressure on 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 Tipperary? Um, I'm not sure. It's hard to know because I suppose the Tip lads know going in, no matter what, that if they beat Watford, they will go through. So it's kind of a not a no lose situation, but like you know, they have that backdrop. I suppose that if they were to not get over the line against Limerick, that they have. Um, Watford to come and that's like I know Watford aren't going well but you'd imagine Davey last game of the season Liam Cal, you know there's a lot going on there so you don't want to be resting on your laurels but yeah it probably would add maybe a, a little bit more pressure maybe down the stretch that like oh here we go this is our chance to to get one back over Limerick so yeah it probably would add a, a little bit more I, I'd imagine Yeah and talk about pressure obviously these teams met at the same time same round last year and you know Tipper on the floor and, and Limerick were flying and it took until, I suppose, the last five or ten minutes in the Gaelic Crowns that Limerick eventually pulled away. And you're completely changing the narrative now that Limerick are kind of on, on the back foot. And again, it's it's that dealing with pressure. How do you think Tip will cope with that? I think I think compared to last year, like, yeah, that performance, like, you know, Tip were as poor as Tip were last year. They still put a good 60 minutes against Limerick. But we've seen that in the last few years. They put a very good 35 minutes against Limerick there in the, the Munster final a couple of years ago. Um, and we saw what happened in the second half. So I don't know. And I think we're tip ahead in the league semi-final there. Now I know that was only the league at halftime as well. So you know, I think Tip could be twenty points up at halftime, and they'd be thinking, right, we need to get get it to forty points because the Limerick will come back. But um, yeah, like I think, you know, Tip won't if if they're ahead. Like you know, they know that Limerick can come back, and they'll be expecting something from Limerick. But Tipper in a much better place, I think, than they were last year. Just in terms of the panel, um, Liam Cal has brought brought along so many players that maybe people in Tip didn't even expect. Like Johnny Ryan is having a great year, cornerback. I don't think if you asked any of the kind of pundits around Tipperary at the start of the year who they think would start cornerback in the championship, it probably wouldn't have been Johnny Ryan. But after the league, you would have said, "Oh, it's definitely going to be Johnny Ryan." Um, so Tipper in a much better place, and they're a much fitter team than they were last year. Like I think. If it was last year down in Porky Cueve, up by five points, 10 minutes to go, Cork rattle off 1-2 in about 90 seconds and suddenly it's a draw game, I think last year's tip probably would have faltered. But this year's tip went down, ball broke off Jake Morris, Dan McCormick into Mark Hill and back of the net. So I think tip are in a, a much better place than they were last year. Um, but even the whole kind of narrative of Limerick being on the back foot, like they bet Watford and fair enough, we've seen that Watford have gone, gone kind of poor. 
but like the one point loss to Limerick and it changes the kind of whole narrative. Like, you know, if that was a, a draw game or a one point swing the other way, it would have been, oh, this Limerick team, they just can't lose. Like, you know, so it's very, it's very hanging in the balance, like, you know, the way the way people think. And I, I've been thinking about that the last two weeks. Like, Limerick have had three weeks to prepare for this game as well. So, like, I think we're going to see a, a very hungry Limerick on, on Sunday, which mightn't be good for Tip, but uh, Tip will be ready, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully it won't be too good for Tip. You kind of mentioned there the kind of fine margins with Limerick losing by a point and how the narrative has shifted. For Tipperary, how important was it that you know that draw with Cork that could have gone either way that mm-hmm. they they didn't they didn't lose essentially you know when you said last year probably would have faltered that you know they held on for the draw probably should have won but still got a point out of it. Oh, it's it's massive because even even if Tip won that game, it'd still probably be looking at the same scenario. We we need to win one of our last two games to to be sure. Like so, to come out with something what was unbelievable. I, I remember ten minutes to go. If you asked any tip lad, would you would you take a draw? They'd be like, oh, not a chance. Like we're five points up here, we're, we're flying it. But with five minutes to go, when Cork got that one-two, and like I've never heard a place as loud as Parky Cueve was that day, and the Rebels' chance and the Black Rock ended flares the whole lot. It was like, geez, blow it up now, ref, and give us the draw kind of thing. Like so, um, it, it, that was a massive point for Tipperary, and it kind of continues the bit of momen- momentum built up from uh, the the game in Cusick Park and. You know, if you offered Liam Cadla to start a year three points from your, your two away games to, to start the campaign, I, I'd say he would have taken that. Yes, it's a nice cushion to have. I suppose since those those round games, Limerick have obviously lost Sean Finn and Tipperary have lost Jason Ford. Would you kind of equate those? In, obviously, Sean has gone for the year and Jason be back. But for this game, first and foremost, there would have been a strong possibility they would have been marking each other. Is it kind of equal footing now with both of them losing such key players? Like... They're kind of players where, as good as both panels are, you you can't replace a Sean Finn. There's not another Sean Finn in the country, never mind in Limerick. So there's going to be a drop-off there. And, and similarly enough for us with Jason Ford, while we do have very good forwards and Mark Yo come on for Jason Ford last day and scored 1-4, it's, there's more to Jason Ford, like you know, his free take and his set pieces. Um, and even from play this year, I've noticed this year, He's been out in front of his man, one touch in the hand. He's, I don't think I've seen him say, take a second touch all year nearly. He's been on such good form. So it is a big loss for Tip. I don't know if they equate to themselves, but it's kind of, they probably do kind of cancel each other out in terms of Limerick can't be saying, oh, we don't have Sean Finn because you know, we don't have Jason Ford. So, um, like, you know, losing a star forward like that is probably, and who's your free taker, probably maybe a bit of a bigger blow. But I suppose... Um, Gerald O'Connor has been on the freeze during the league. He done very well. Uh, he missed a few down in Parky Cueve, and then John McGrath missed that free uh, from the middle of the field late on. So I'd like to think that in the last two weeks, that you know, whoever is going to be on the freeze, I would imagine it's going to be Gerald O'Connor has been, you know, practicing that every day and is probably ready to go. And I think the league experience is huge because he could be over in Dr. Morris Park or below in Temple Tui practicing freeze all day. But it's it's different. In a in a big stadium, um, Munster Championship, bit of pressure on you. So um, it's good that he had that league experience and done right well on the freeze throughout the league. So um, I, I'd imagine he'll be on the freeze. But yeah, they're two massive losses, but probably probably close to to cancel each other out. Yeah, mentioning Garrod there, obviously would have seen him up close and personal with UL himself, Brian O'Mara, John these boys. They've they've really added to tip this year, and you could see it in the league and. You know, there would have been huge expectations on these lads, but to see him deliver like this in the first two rounds must be a huge bonus to Liam Cahill. 
yeah, like I, I suppose there would have been a lot more expectation on Brian O'Mara because he was kind of been touted as he's up next, like he's the next kind of number six for this Tipperary team. And all he done was UL and captaining them to Fitzgibbons and things like that. So he was a last last year because he went off to, to America um, and a couple of them did as well. So he was a loss. But when he was coming back, there was a, a lot of hype. And even I remember doing the Holy Cross Valley Cal, their first game of the championship when he was back last year, there was still a bit of hype like, oh, here he is. Here is Brian O'Mara. So there's been a, a lot of pressure on him. And you know, he's he's lived up to it. He's been brilliant uh, if you've just if you see him on the ball you there's lads you know that when they just strike a ball you're like oh he's he's a very t- talented hurler like he just has lovely strike of the ball he looks like he's been playing in that half back line for the last four or five years never mind like his championship debut was against Clare like so he's done he's done really well and a huge boost because it kind of frees up a few times we've had Ronan Maher just hanging around the edge of the D kind of uh, as a free man roaming around there like and you know, having Brian O'Mara there that frees up Ronan and that's kind of when Ronan's at his best when he's allowed to just kind of roam around but for Grodo O'Connor I think he surprised a lot of people I think a lot of people knew you know, he's been very good with UL but will that translate to um, will that translate over to Tip and I, I like he, he has surprised me anyway because he's added a, a lot of size he's a big man but he's you know, for a young lad he's well, well able to win his own ball great work rate um, you know he got that goal against, uh, against Cork as well which has been huge like he's been a big, big bonus because I don't think at the start of the year, similar enough to Johnny Ryan, I don't think he would have been one where you're like, yeah, Grodo O'Connor will be will be starting in the half forward line, no, no question about it. And he, that's where he is now. You know, it'd be a huge shock if he wasn't in the starting fifteen, um, uh, come Sunday. So, yeah, he's they've been two big boosts for Tipperary, and there, and there's a few more scattered around the squad as well. Yeah, another one that um I'd mention is Alan Tynan, and obviously himself and William O'Donoghue had that fine battle in the Gaelic Crowns, and whatever happened in the meantime happened. But that's such an interesting subplot, and you know Alan really for he has taken on a kind of you know inspirational role. He doesn't just get a normal point; it's a huge score for him. And yeah. Will Donoghue's the same for Limerick, fighting score as much, but wins turnovers and frees and stuff. It's you know two old school midfielders going at it. It's it's really like something exciting. Yeah, like there's two absolute you know, battle axes in the middle of the field. Like um, Alan Tynan, like, you know, he's obviously everyone knows about him playing rugby with Munster and the Ireland under 20s. And, you know, he wasn't kind of hurling for a couple of years there. Came back with Ross Gray last year. Um, and, you know, they, they ended up winning the, the Premier Intermediate last year. And you know, he was very good for that, for that Ross Gray team. But he looks a different player even since then, like uh, the, the training and the, it's a credit to all the, the tip coaching staff because he's come on a huge amount. He's always had that kind of raw talent and it's just he's his confidence and Joe Alan Tynan taking shots out on the sideline out near the 65 on the run and they're going over the bar like he, it's as you said, it's pure inspirational stuff, but he just goes all day and he's. You know, he has had a rugby background. I've played against him a few times. He, the like tougher it gets and the kind of more you know, in your face it gets in around the middle of the field, he kind of thrives off that. So I'd say he'll be hopping off the side on, on Sunday. And and I'd say the throw-in will be interesting as well. I've heard that mentioned as well about uh, himself and Will O'Donoghue. Uh, so I'd say is it Sean Stack refereeing or who's refereeing on Sunday? They'll have to just throw the ball in fairly quick uh, and not waste too much time. Yeah, get in there and swallow the whistle. Matt, you know... <laughs> We we often see you know forwards and backs and these rematchups and things, but I think Will O'Donoghue and Alan Tyne be worth admission for alone on, on Sunday. 
It will, it will, because I suppose there's a bit of history there. So um, uh, it, it will be very interesting. And um, you're, you're talking about two players here, um, uh, Jack, that are on the top of their form in this present championship, like Willem Odenoho had arguably his best game ever for Limerick against Clare. And we've seen Alan Tynan turn in back-to-back performances. And I agree totally with Paul there, because there has been a transformation in the Alan Tynan of Ross Gray and the Alan Tynan of Tipperary. He has he has come on so much. It's incredible because I saw that monster final with 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 with, um, with, with Mona Lean, and um, like we're, we're talking about a different player altogether now. He he has evolved with the Tipperary thing. But I, I I'm just wondering there during the during the, our, our discussion so far, Paul. Uh, um, the, the transformation in Tipperary of 2022 to the 2023 is. I suppose it's down to a number of factors. Perhaps there's a Cahill factor and the fact that he was involved with two All-Ireland winning teams, an under-21 and an under-20 winning team in back-to-back years, and and the impact of the newcomers. And we didn't mention Sean Ryan at all. Mm. Yeah, no, like Sean yeah. Ryan is another one. He's, he's uh, as I was saying earlier, there's a few more of them. Like, he's one, like I remember at uh, the very start of January, um, Tip played... Claire inside and uh, Nina here in the uh, Munster Hurling League, and Sean Ryan was corner forward, and he was electric. Like it was kind of like, geez, we we have we have an, another great forward. Like, um, and I remember at the start of the year at that time, Liam Cal mentioned we we he said we have a number of project players that we're working on, and he was like, we mightn't see him this year, but we're working on a couple of these players, and I'd say a couple of them have maybe gone a year forward in, in their progression maybe like you know they're a year ahead and I think Sean Ryan is one of them like he's looked really good he had the dream start to uh, his championship campaign coming off the bench and scoring a goal with his first touch against Clare in Cusick Park and then against Cork uh, like he got taken off I think it was at half time Connor Bow come on but he was actually making all the right runs he was out in front of Damien Callan, but it, the first touch was just a little bit off and Damien Callan is so good that he was right up behind him flicking the ball away and he was away. Um, so he did, he did tough going and down in, in Parky Cueve, but he was still doing the right things. It was just one of those days that didn't happen for him. But he's another impact player that, that Tip do have and another player that wasn't involved last year. So there's kind of a big difference in kind of mood, I think, around the squad from last year. Um, and it just seems to be a lot more positive words coming out. Like So um, they seem to be just be a, a little bit better prepared, uh, both kind of physically and maybe a bit tactically as well, but um, we'll, we'll yeah. see come Sunday. Paul, the concession of seven goals and 42 points in the two games to date, um, I, I suppose it sends a message that there is defensive work to be done yet? Oh, de- definitely, yeah. So it's it's been a bit gung-ho. It's meant for two great games to, to commentate on and be there for, but um, Liam Cal has mentioned it after after both uh, games, that especially after the, the Clare game, he wasn't happy with the concession of those goals. And even after Cork, he seemed to be that we had improved a bit, but there were still mistakes at the back. So one thing, and yourselves will, will know um, as well, is that Tip's uh, defending of aerial ball in the full back line isn't the best. So Peter Casey's goal in the league semi-final, I think was Colin Coughlin um, hitting a ball. I think he was going for a point. He was far out and it dropped into the edge of the square and Peter Casey snapped it, turned, bang, goal and it was like a very similar goal scored by Mark Rogers um, for Clare against against Tip so it is a, it is a worry but it's kind of something that 
you know, we're, we're, we luckily enough were able, well, we seem to be so far in the, the two championship games, we're able to get a few goals, we're able to keep the scoreboard ticking, but it's going to have to stay that way because, uh, like, although bar that goal against Limerick in the, in the league semi final, that was a strange game. There wasn't a lot of, uh, th- there wasn't any goal chances bar that Peter Casey goal. Um, but it is, a, it is definitely a worry in tip about, you know, we're, we're kind of slack at defense and the first half against uh, Clare. Uh, you know, Claire could, and even the first five minutes against Cork, Patrick Horgan batted one wide. Um, Johnny Ryan threw himself out in front of a ball and blocked it out for a sixty-five. And then there, there was the goal. And against against Claire, um, they had a few. They coughed up a few big goal chances in the first half. Aidan McCarthy picked a wrong pass at one stage. They could have taken one on for a goal, but they put it over the bar. And Barry Hogan made that brilliant save before half time. So like. We've conceded seven, but it could have been more. So it's it's definitely a, a bit of a concern, or more than a bit of a concern, uh, especially coming up against you know the likes of Galan and Co. If they're if they're in form, yeah. Um, you, you were talking there. Um, you, you know, we said there during the John Kiley era that that um that um you know Tipperary have only registered one win out of six, which is correct. Um, is there a bit of a mental block about Limerick now? Because if if you look back um to the twenty twenty one Munster final when you know we were ready to go home at half time, and in many ways the recent league final um mirrored that in that you know Tipperary were practically out of sight, but um, Limerick came back in the second half, and you know, from practically impossible situations. Uh, I think you'd be kind of silly to say there's there's nothing in the Tipperary lads' heads. Like, I think if if you've suffered a defeat, Tip have to Limerick in the manner that Tip have, it's obviously going to have some effect. But I think, I think with with Cattle and, and the lads there, I, I think that could even be a thing that spurs Tipperary on a little bit more. That if it comes, as I was saying, four o'clock on Saturday, and Cork after beating Clare. I think Cal and and Mikey Beavens and the lads will will have the lads like ready to go like this is it now this is this is your chance and Tip might feel like this is our time kind of thing, um. But it it definitely it will like you know this isn't just a normal monster championship match against you know any any of the teams like the, and you could say that about nearly any monster championship match that there's there's an extra bite but, um, like it will be on the Tipperary players' minds but I don't think it would necessarily be a bad thing. Um, coming down the stretch, I just feel like it's it's a little bit different this time for Tip, but um, you know, Limerick definitely have the psychological advantage anyway um, o- over th- this group of Tipperary players. John Kiley was at Pains um, before the before before the championship started, and you probably have him a couple of times, Paul, um, saying that you know he was expecting the most competitive. Um, round robin series since since it was inaugurated, he's 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 almost a hundred percent right in it. Waterford have fallen off the ledge a bit, but the other mm. four, it's dog eat dog. Yeah, I think uh, it it turns out that John Kiley knows a lot more about the Munster Championship than most <laughs> most pundits. Yeah, he he's called it right. Like I I think as I was saying, I even fell into it myself. Like as good as Limerick have been the last couple of years, you know, there's a lot of games there where. A puck of a ball going a different way and they would have been bet like it wasn't a thing of Limerick went out every game on the way to an All-Ireland and won by 15 points like I remember wasn't it uh, Nicky Quaid had that block on uh, one of the Cork lads in the All-Ireland semi-final I think a couple of years ago late on and, and there's things like that so it's never as far away the teams are never as far away as it might appear um, at, at the end of the year when Limerick 
uh, won the Lee McCarthy in the last, what, three years in a row now. Um, so it was always going to be a bit closer, but I think people just did expect Limerick are going to win. They're going to get eight points in, in the Munster Championship onto the Munster Final and onto the All-Ireland Semi-Final because that's just how it's been the last couple of years. But even last year, like Clare, extra time, things like that. Um, but it's about it's about sustaining it, I suppose. A lot of play, teams have played brilliant against Limerick, but it's getting over the line. And Clare did that eventually, but it took him a, a good few tries. Um, so from a, from a Tipperary point of view, hopefully that's what we'll be looking for. But yeah, John Kiley was right. It's a, it's a competitive championship and uh, like it, it's going to be, you know, it's hard, it's, hard, it's hard to even predict any of the games. Like it's hard to even, because anything could happen. I don't think anyone thought, you know, if you said Cork were going to score four goals against Tipperary, but Tip weren't going to lose, you'd be like, what's after happening in this game kind of thing? Like, so um, yeah, it's, it's brilliant though. It's, it's just a, such a good like five, six weeks because you know, after the games, there's so much to talk about, so much to look forward to. So Really going to enjoy these last uh, last couple of weeks, anyway. Yeah. Are you confident, Paul, that the tip will get the job done? Uh, I don't think confident. I'd be like, opt- I'm always optimistic, so um, you always be thinking that they can win. But I, I wouldn't be stupid to be thinking, oh, Limerick are on the floor now. They're after losing to Clare. This is it now. I I fully expect Limerick to come absolutely flying out of the blocks. They've had three weeks now to prepare. John Kiley has proven to be a, a brilliant um, you know, man manager and just situation manager. Like, you know, he's had uh, plenty to deal with over over his time with Limerick. So I'd imagine he'll have these lads prepared perfect coming in first Sunday. And likewise with Tipperary, like, you know, Liam Cahill, I've, I've plenty of confidence in, in Liam Cahill and his ability. And we've seen it uh, this year with the, the improvements Tip have made. So both teams will be prepared as best they can. Um, am I confident Tip will win? I'm hopeful Tip will win. I can see it in my head, a situation where Tip do win, but I can also see a situation where, where Limerick win. So um, in terms of predictions, all I know is it's going to be a, a brilliant game. I hope Tip will win. You hope Limerick will win. And uh, half five on Sunday, we'll both, have, we'll both have plenty to talk about. Yeah, that, that's for sure. It could even, could even be a draw and just kind of keep it going into into the final round but it promised to be a brilliant game as you said there um i suppose anyone that can't get to turn will be able to hear hear you comment this <laughs> yeah i said yeah i, I heard uh <laughs> tj ryan on uh on the examiner referred to it as a biased commentary there a couple of weeks ago but uh, i'm on tip fm so i'm obviously going to be looking at things from a, a temporary point of view but yeah we're on it's in the name FM. it says tip in it so you know yeah, it's on the mic yeah, um, so, so I just look, keep Paul, it it's always going to be. I'm going to be happier when Tip score a goal than when someone else scores a goal. Put it that way. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, we've been accused of the the green the green mist for the last two or three years on this podcast, anyway. So I hope that we were somewhat unbiased this morning. But Paul, thanks a million uh, for coming on and joining us. Hopefully, uh, you'll be more upset than I am on Sunday <laughs> afternoon when we see you after the commentary. But look, it's going to be. A brilliant game. Limerick and Tip rarely fails or rarely disappoints. So hopefully it's going to be another instant classic in the Munster Championship. And I presume Turles will be lifting like Parky Cueve and the Gaelic crowds and all those teams have been. So for now, Paul, thanks a million for joining us. And uh, hopefully we'll talk in half five on on Sunday. Spot on, lads. Talk to you then. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks, Paul. Now, Paul Carroll from Tip FM there giving us the the tip view ahead of a a mouthwatering game this uh, Sunday. Just even talking about it there, kind of whets the appetite you really can't like 
you know, Limerick have been fairly dominant in the fixture, as we've alluded to in recent years, but this is one you just couldn't call. They just couldn't call, and, and you know, the permutation, there's a myriad of permutations there, you know, but, um, you know, we're caught to win, like, it, 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 it actually becomes a de facto knockout game for Limerick. Yeah. And we mentioned that, sim- you know, that you're you're not going to know as well. Like, you can't prepare for the fact that it's a knockout championship. If you're Limerick, do you just go and assume Clare or Cork have beaten Clare, you know, in your warm-up and things, take mm-hmm. it as a knockout game, you know, because Limerick haven't been in a knockout Munster game in, in a long time, you know. They've been obviously well, they, in they, 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 have, they have during the pandemic. Um, yeah. which is you know we we were lauding um we were lauding their efforts that um whether it was a round robin or whether it was a knockout that that Limerick still prevailed, but this 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 is a um this is a, a, it could be a knockout game with a difference you know in that the previous knockout games you you had the mindset going into it that this is a knockout competition you know yeah this 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 this, this is slightly different and um. In that, you know, that there, there, there are other circumstances which feeds into it. Um, in in other words, what will happen between the white lines in Tusig Park between two and four o'clock? Um, will will have a big bearing on it. But um, I have no doubt John Kiley and and um, Paul Kinnerk and Limerick's management team, um, they they, um, you know, they 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 have um. They've been around the block for a long time now, Jack. And yeah. there, there, there are a few sets of circumstances that they haven't encountered. So I I, I think that, that, you know, the sole focus of Limerick, Jack, on, on next Sunday is win the hurling match. And, and anything that's happening elsewhere will not feed into their, into their psyche or into their thinking. No, and... They can't really afford to, to let it sink in because you can, you know, if, you, if you're if you planning for, for Cork to be Clare and then Clare be Cork, you could take you off your game and you could relax, you know. You have to, look, Limerick are never going to go out and, and play a, a blue and gold jersey and take for granted, you know. Just even seeing Tip uh, line up across you will, will be motivation enough. And I think it's important that kind of in many ways a spiritual leader on the team, William O'Donoghue, so often sets the tone in the throw-in, and we mentioned the throw-in, you know, but he'll be yeah. the man, the first Limerick man probably to touch the ball, and he'll set the tone, and the roar that's going to go up, mess on on Sunday, when, I'm just, you know, it's it's Wednesday morning now, like you're really just counting down the hours till till four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and it, like, as I said, they've played in 2021, they played in a Munster final, in 2019, they played in a Munster final, but this game feels even bigger than those games, you know, because for Limerick on both those occasions, it wasn't necessarily a knockout game, if you get me. It's obviously a Munster final, you want to win, but there's real, there's a real hope, and I suppose a sense of that Limerick can show us the Limerick of the last three or four years, that, that Clare was just a blip. And, you know, Paul alluded to it. It was a one-point loss, you know, with a lot of players didn't fire. And Clare were really up for the game. And Clare are going very well. So this doom and doom clock talk will be hopefully put to bed on, on Sunday. Oh, yeah, hopefully. And that we will head for the Gaelic Grounds the following week, um, aiming to qualify for the Munster final. 
you know, and that, that, I, I, I think that that's going to be the, the type of discourse that's going to be in the Limerick camp. We've two yeah. games to win in eight days. Let's go out and win them. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, two two games to win, albeit against two exceptionally good Munster Championship side, this Limerick group of players, you know, won 16 out of 17 Championship games over the course of three years, you know. So they have it in them to go back to back to back and, and win games in a row. It's just, it's a new sort of pressure. They've obviously handled pressure on bigger days at Ireland finals, Munster finals. So you're just hoping for a performance, close performance, we know they can get to. And, and and that should be enough. Yeah. Um, you know, leading into the game as well, just off topic for, for a minute, Matt, there's obviously been a, a lot of talk on, on social media and places like that about certain things regarding the Limerick camp, about players leaving and walkouts and stuff like that. And it's, it's fabricated, you know, first and foremost. But it's not, it's just not fair to be making up rumours and, and spreading things that is about players that are amateur at the end of the day, giving up their spare time to represent their counties. And, you know, we all pay to go to see these games and, and Jay is making huge money and it's a brilliant organisation, don't get me wrong. But these players are, are doing it for the love of the game, first and foremost. And then to see their names and stories about them on social media, that's, you know... I could go on now, I could make an account, I could give myself a fake name, and I could say anything about you, Matt, and there's nothing you could do to stop me. You know, it's it's yeah. just not really fair. And we saw, I suppose, a dark side of it during the week. We, we did, and I, I, I responded to one or two people um, in, in connection with it because, Jack, I'm, a, I'm absolutely disgusted with the narrative that has been surrounding this Limerick team for all of this year. And if you... Indulge me for about three or four minutes and I, I, I'll say why. This is one of the finest hurling teams that the game has ever seen. And, and you're absolutely right. These players give up of their time, you know, for the honour and glory of their county and for the gratification and pleasure of their supporters. And they've, 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 they've put their lives on hold for the last five years. And the narrative started earlier on this year um, with, the, with a, a, an invincible tag for Limerick. And that uh, that Limerick were unbeatable and all this sort of thing uh, until John Kiley nailed it in the aftermath of the win over Waterford. Um, when 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 the discourse immediately shifted to Limerick's discipline, if you will recall, and people people that should know better, writing what I would call you know articles that that were erroneous in my opinion uh, uh, about about Limerick's discipline. Like we we all saw the game, and it. Uh, the games and it, it takes two to tango, and now um, uh, when that has failed, we have we, we've moved on to this new phase of discourse about Limerick. Look, um, I I love that you know people are so engaged about this Limerick team, and rightly so because they are an exceptional team. But the type of stuff that's been going on for the last two weeks, utter tripe, utter fabrication. And it has to stop. But, Jack, it, it's coming from outside sources, outside of County Limerick. And um, the, the, maybe the odd individual in Limerick is given credence to it. But, but it, 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 this, this fabrication like, is, is, is coming from, from people that literally don't know what they're talking about. And it just has to stop. Yeah. You just implore people that just don't, don't, don't be lineup players and don't be criticizing players because... I suppose we're very slow 
in many ways to compliment the team and to appreciate the greatness until they win in All-Ireland or until they do something spectacular. But far quicker uh, as a public we are, you know, to, to slate someone and to bring someone down. I'm talking about in general now, not you and I, you know, that you have to do something extraordinary to be praised for it. But one slight little blip and you'll be criticised straight away. So I just encourage people on social media, use your platform, you know, in a positive light. Praise these players that are that are giving their time. And if there is a mistake or you hear a rumour, don't feed into it. Don't, you know, be yeah. putting it out there and, you know, sending these secretive messages. Because it only, it only, like, it only fires up whatever fuel these rumours have. But I just wanted to address that, Matt, and we'll move on. Yeah, to but Jack, Jack um, keyboard warriors, you know, um, yeah. um, you know, very, very dangerous. Anonymous keyboard warriors are despicable. Yeah, that's what I said. You could just go on, change your name, and your profile picture could be an egg or something, and you get away with it. But uh, that that's that's beside the point. Before we move on from Limerick and Tip, because the first good half hour is is devoted to that, and it is the big game of the weekend. Limerick win, or can, can Tip get another win and and you know, continue their momentum, or do you see another draw in this month's championship? You, you know, um, we're, we're in a new situation. I, I think um, uh, the, the one thing that you know that that has is hugely important in this, Jack, is Limerick came into the championship after two tough league games in successive weeks, and they had a fortnight break before they came in to play Waterford. I think they have three weeks now. You know, they've had three weeks now. Sean Finn is going to be a huge loss. Make no mistake about it. And that is no disrespect to the people that will come in. We have plenty of options in the full back line, but Sean Finn is the best defender in the country. And um I'm I'm I believe Limerick will win. I, I, I believe that um uh, that um John Kiley will will you know will have all his ducks in in, in a row for the next two weeks. And he will have said to the lads, look, lads. Eight days, we can be in a monster final. Yeah, I am I'd, going for I'm going I'm going for Limerick to win, Jack. Yeah, I'd be I'd be agreeing with you there. I think the time away will have done him no harm, and I don't think I don't think in the grand scheme of things the loss will have done a huge amount of harm. It might have just refocused him and just showed that if they're not at those levels, that teams can pick them off if if they're going very well. But I do think Limerick will respond. With a win, I don't think it's going to be one-sided or anything like the the league yeah. semi-final or the Munster final. I think it'll be very close, tit for tat. But I expect Limerick to come through and set up another mouth-watering tie with uh, Cork in the Gaelic Crowns uh, on Sunday week. But this Sunday, 4 o'clock, um, Turles, it's it's headed for a sellout. So if you don't have your ticket yet, there's only terrace tickets available. But uh, do make sure you get your hands on those because it's one not to be missed. Um, Going on then to the big ball, Matt, and Limerick started off their Talchon Cup campaign at the weekend. They beat Longford 2-16 to 1-16 in the two scale of crowns, probably a bit close for comfort. They they led throughout, in, in fairness. Once Cahill Downs got a goal, give uh, it was a goal to two points. They never looked back, never you know relinquished that lead, but it was fairly nip and tuck, but... You have to remember Limerick hadn't won a game since January, since they beat Watford in uh in the McGrath Cup 
So first and foremost, for that Limerick group to get a win, get back in a in a winning momentum, that would have been the key thing to take away from the Gaelic Crowns on Saturday evening. Yeah, uh, sure, Jack. It was it was massive, you know. Um, Saturday evening was all about winning the football match, no matter how much you won it by, you know. Um, it it was all about getting over the line, and and they did so. They did so. You must remember first of all, Jack, that um. They were without the influential Ian Corbett, um, hmm. who, who to any football team would be a huge loss. Um, but um, to get over the line like they did, and uh, were it not for a late goal um, for Longford, um, the margin would have been more comfortable. And like even uh, you know when when Longford brought it down to two points in injury time. Like it, it was still Limerick that finished on the offensive with um, Tony McCarthy adding a point to make it a three-point game. But in the context of the Tarleton Cup, um, it, it, it's a huge win because I think we were reflecting here last week on permutations in the Tarleton Cup and we were saying that one win should be enough perhaps to um, to take us through um, to the knockout stage. And like the importance of Nixon Saturday's game in Dr. Cullen Park um, 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 cannot be understated because it has been heightened by the fact that Carlo went to Aklo, or went to Akram and and beat Wicklow. So um it it's 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 a straight shootout to be guaranteed to go through to the knockout stages. Um, yeah. Because um, the, 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 the two losers are meeting, which means that um, the loser of that game will, will, for all practical purposes, be out of the competition and um, will have no further interest in the Tarleton Cup. So it's a huge game, but it, 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 it's a fantastic win. And the, the one thing, you know, we were wondering that in the aftermath of the league, and um, there was the good performance against Trier. And we were saying to ourselves, is this, you know, just um, um, a follow-through from the defeat in the final round of the league and the old enemy Trier and all that sort of stuff? No, it wasn't. Um, to a certain degree, Limerick built on that performance against Trier. So, like, they're, 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 you know, Limerick will be growing in confidence now. And it, 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 it looks to me like, and I think we said it here last week, that... There are very, very strong signs that Limerick are capturing, recapturing the form that they showed in the year of promotion from Division 3 to Division 2, which which is a very, very good thing. But they cannot underestimate um, the, the, the threat that Carlo will pose. Now, Carlo were five points down, um, going down the home straight against Wicklow, and they kicked the last six points. So I think Wicklow probably, maybe to a certain degree, got caught in the hop now. They had met earlier in the championship and Wicklow had won by eight points. So it that, that, that reflected a complete turnaround. But there's also a small bit in, in it, Jack, you know, as to how teams are actually embracing the competition, mm. you know. And, um, you know, we were wondering last week how would Limerick um, embrace the competition? And, you know, they're, they're no exception to anybody else. But, like, we, we got a very, a very, very, very firm affirmative answer that they, that, that you know, and, um, like, it's so pleasing to get get first win since January. And um, it's, in terms of the Tarleton Cup, 
you know, the bit of a change around and the bit of a turnaround in in in, in fortunes has come at the, just at the right time. And I, I, we had Declan Bruder in here last week, and I thought his analysis of it was was very good, Jack, and the, the whole thing. So, you know, it's hopefully it's onwards and upwards, and um, like that qualification, um, possibly directly for um, the quarterfinals, maybe put to bed next Saturday. Yeah, that that's a bit of hope, but I suppose it's important for Limerick to you know continue in a winning way against teams that not that they necessarily expected to beat them, but they're definitely expecting to be challenging and have a good shot of winning. You know, because oh, the growth in Limerick from I suppose twenty nineteen to this year, you know, there was a a share of championship victories. You know. Uh, Turles in 2019 and obviously big wins against Waterford and two wins last year were, were massive but it's really in the league that we saw the growth of Limerick and the confidence they took from beating teams of a similar elk and kind of pushed on from them and that's what the Talchon Cup provides in a, in a championship scenario so it's it's crucial and you mentioned it that they don't just rest in their laurels and, and say well that win should be enough for us to you know finish finish third at the least that they drive on it and show why they were number one seeds, you know, in the draw. Absolutely, and they 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 they, they drive on and 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 snaffle a quarter final place like that. That that's that's hugely important, Jack. Absolutely huge, hugely important. Let the others fight out in the preliminary quarter final. Um, yeah. like they they they've, they've sowed the seeds now of a good run, um, and they've 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 a good base to play off. And um, I, I, I was listening to people saying, "Oh, sure, look, we're going to beat Carlo anyway." You know, nobody has a right to beat anybody. You have to, you have to go out and do it in the day now. Just intersect Carlo, finish third from bottom in Division Four. The only two teams they beat in 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 in, in Division Four in the league were the two teams below them, London and Waterford. Now, interestingly, they got a draw with Whitlaw in the first round. So, like, yeah. obviously, there's, there's a bit of history maybe between those two neighbours. You know, they're very, very close neighbours there in South Leinster. So, I, I would be taking nothing for granted going to Dr. Cullen Park. Um, um, it has proved difficult and tricky for us in the past. And um, I think we've had only... I think the last championship meeting was in 2005, I think, Jack, when, they, when uh, Limerick and Carlo met in the qualifiers in Dr. Cullen Park and we came away with a huge win. Okay. But but um uh, look Limerick will have to be as good as they were in the last two days and will have to improve. We'll have to go up a notch or two to beat Carlo in Dr. Cullen Park. And you know, would Carlo's win over Wicklow probably be a good thing for Limerick that you know they're they're wary of them now that they might have just looked at them as fourth seeds and, as you said, poor league form, whereas now it'll just refocus the minds that this Carroll team are, are good, they can get the job done. And to be fair, Limerick have been good against teams like this before, you know, that they've put away teams that have been going in good form and they've been well able to go away to places. They won there in 2020 en route to winning the league. So that win over Wicklow for Carlo will just refocus the Limerick minds just that small bit. If needed, oh, the, the Jenny is out of the battle now, you know, Jack, and, and um, you know, um, Lim Limerick are on red alert uh, as, as to the threat of Carlo because, you know, if they were patting themselves on the back or rubbing their hands and saying, gosh, you know, um, well, it is job done after Longford, it's not job done, 
you you've you've to go out and 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 um, beat 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 Carlo, and you've got to get the job done on the field. And Carlo would be fired up by 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 that victory over Wicklow. You, you, that would have done an amount for their confidence. And um, like they have a very wily manager there, the former Kildare player, Niall Carruth. So, so um, yeah, I I think it's going to be a tricky game, but I think Limerick will win it, Jack. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I do think Limerick will have have enough for Carlo, but uh, it will be no to be by no means easy. And that's not what Limerick wants. Limerick want these tough competitive games against teams in around the same divisions as them. So it'll be it'll be an interesting one. It'll be a difficult one. But when you be hoping Mark Fitzney's side can can win, that's two wins on the bounce. They'll be safe then that they can go into the final round and, and look to, I suppose, secure a, a quarter final place at the first time of asking. That's at three o'clock this Saturday, Netwatch Cullen Park in Carlo Limerick taking on the host in the second round of the Talton Cup. So the best of luck to them. Um, last since we last recorded, Matt, there was obviously huge news for Limerick football, and um, news might be the wrong word a huge victory for Limerick football for the first time since 1956. The Miners won a piece of silverware, and it look, it wasn't the Munster Championship outright, but the phase one title beating a Tipperary side that were relatively comfortable against them in the first round, but. As we had said, John Ryan and his side have steadily progressed through the Phase 1 Championship and were full value for the victory, Matt, against Tipperary. They took an early enough lead. They, they kicked six in a row and Tim Tip came back to them. But a, a Dara Hogan goal and huge resilience down the home straight gave Limerick a 1-9-1-6 win in the Phase 1 final. A bit of silverware for Limerick and more signs of the progression of the academy, as Declan Bruder alluded to last week, and just good for Limerick to get some silverware. Ah, oh, sure, look, it was fantastic, and we had John in here a couple of weeks ago, and you know, like he exudes passion for the game. But certainly that night, um, I I saw the game in the first round, and um, uh, Tipperary won it one eleven to seven points, just double scoring. But it wasn't Jack, and I said it here last week. It was not about how good. Uh, Tipperary were that night. It was how poor Limerick were that night. It was a very, very, very poor performance. Um, coming into a championship game, everything that a manager could fear to, to go wrong went wrong on that particular night. So, um, like we, we, we saw more of the we saw more of the Limerick that, like having said that, you could see that there was a certain potential in the Limerick team. And I, 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 I think that came to the fore in, in the second round against um, Clare and Milltown Malbe. And then they backed it up with the win over Waterford and there are 15 players behind the ball. Um, but they, but they, found a, they found a way to break, to break through that nonsense. But, um, you know, I, 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 I certainly wasn't writing it off going to Mallow last, last um, Thursday evening. I, I gave. I think we said it here last week that Limerick had every chance, and and that's the way it, it, it transpired. And um, you know, it it, it 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 like Limerick showed fantastic resilience. They 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 they, they, they raced into that lead, were hauled back. Tipperary went ahead, and you say to yourself, you know, after halftime, Tipperary now are are you know um, finding their mojo as it were, but. Um, no, Limerick put a stop to it, and um, it and um, that Dara Hogan goal. But it was fantastic, and it had to be a major boost to John Ryan and his his entire squad. 
the fact that 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 um that Aidan O'Shea, the team captain, was was able to 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 play because um you will recall it was he he missed the entire group stage through injury and um he 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 essentially is the only survivor from last year's team and he, yeah. he, he was an influential figure in last year's team. So like you know, going into the game against Kerry in Newcastle West, <coughs> we'll see a much better Aidan O'Shea. He was good in Mallow, but we, you know the fact that he'll have sixty minutes under his belt, you know, will 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 stand to him big big time. And himself and Evan Corey, um, you know, they 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 have been formidable. Like they they're as good a minors as you'll get in any county. But oh, um. Yeah, it it is it is um, uh, like you know. I suppose in many ways it's a free hit for Limerick on on oh, yeah. on um, on on Thursday night because um, you don't know where Kerry are at, and and you don't know what's going on between Cork and Kerry, you know. And last year, you know, Cork went to Kerry in the first round, lost by fourteen points. Met three weeks later in the Munster final and won by eleven. Just, just have a suspicion is there some kind of shenanigans going on, and we'll we'll wait until the real business, you know. Um, yeah. So, like, it, it would be very, very good. It would be very, very good. It would be very, very good for the game of football if the cozy duopoly was upset. Um, and um, um, I expect Limerick to give Kerry plenty of it. Now it's going to be very, very hard to beat. Uh, they're going to be very, very hard to beat. Um, I, I, I was told from sources in Kerry about six or eight weeks ago that Kerry had a very, very good minor team this year. But I, I, I seem to think that I, I seem to think that Kerry always seem to think that they have very, very good at you know, and invariably they are. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm writing off, I'm writing off the defeat to Cork. In last last Thursday night, um, I am say I'm you know I'm quite satisfied. Um, we may not have seen the real carry, but look, Jack. Um, when last did Limerick win three minor football championship matches in the one year? And yeah, you you reference you reference the academy there. It's only twenty. It's only twenty twenty one, Jack. We contested the monster final and led against Cork with ten minutes to go. And now we have this development, winning three monster championship matches in a row. Like definitely the green shoots are there for from the academy, no doubt about it. A hundred percent. And uh, doing my research, I couldn't. I I had to go back to 2012, the last time they played Kerry in the minor championship. Now you might have found something in the meantime, but these chances. No, I did not. These chances to play Kerry are few and far between at this at this level, and it'll be extremely difficult. And if they don't win, they don't win. But it's a good chance for, for these boys to play Kerry because, you know, we've been hoping in four or five years' time that they've graduated onto a senior team and that they will be getting to the likes of Munster Finals, the way the trajectory of Limerick football has been going. So to have played them a minor and know exactly what you're facing into, it's it's all positive getting to these latter rounds of, of the Munster Championship. Absolutely, absolutely. Well done to Kevin. Um, Kevin Dinahan two years ago and getting them to the Munster final. Well done to John Ryan this year. Um, you know, for turning it around after the first round defeat. You could, you, you could, 
That night in in, Nuka, in um, McNeville Park, you could very, very easily have come, become despondent and said to yourself, to hell with this, you know. Um, what's this all about? But, you know, there, there, you know, speaking to John after, like, you, you know, there was a steely determination like that, that you know, they, they, they were going to show their true potential over the the, uh, the, um, the remaining games of the group stages and see where it would take them. And we see now where it has taken them. That they've, they have bridged the gap of 67 years and picked up a first bit of silverware. Yeah, and they're getting, as I said, they're getting ever or better in every game. So there was improvement from, you know, Tip to Clare, to Clare to Waterford, back to Tipperary. So hopefully more improvement. And it will be needed if we are to upset the odds. But as you said, it's it's pretty much a free hit for John Riley's side. Obviously, they go out every game. They want to win. But when you're faced against Kerry in the Munster Championship, whether it's senior, 21s or minor, Kerry are always going to be favourites. So the best look to John and, and his side, they winning phase one probably would have been the goal first and foremost and to get into a Munster Championship outright they've done that so hopefully they can continue in the same vein but main thing is get a performance show Kerry that you're not there just to to you know take part you're there to win the game and we'll, we'll see where it goes from there that game is quarter to seven on Thursday night in Newcastle yeah, West but, but Jack but... You probably heard him saying it, and um, I, I, I definitely heard him saying it on a couple of occasions. He said it here to us two weeks ago. Um, John is at pains uh, to, to laud the format of the, of the minor championship. And yeah. even after that defeat that night, um, it, it was one point he made that this was a great competition, a great format. And, you know, if, if, if you're a manager or em- embracing it like that, you know, you, you're, you're on a winner, like, really, that... Um, it it um, as I say, look, it 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 it, it is um, like we're, we're in a new place. Like we have won three monster minor football championships in one year, you know, which you know didn't. And actually, I think the year we won it in '56, we only won two. I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't around for that. I was a, a while to come yet. But look, a piece of silverware, regardless of what it is, it's it'd be like essentially winning the league, you know, at that level. You're playing teams of your own kind of standard. And to beat them all and to recover from Tipperary has been a great sign, these young lads. So please God that they can drive on to, to carry this Thursday night in Newcastle West and you know, give us more more good days. Obviously, Tipperary are meeting Cork. In the in the other round or the other side of the draw in the other semi final. So the best luck to John Ryan and his team. Before we round out today, Matt, um, I know you wanted to talk about it. Um, Andrew Sexton, who might be known to the the Limerick community, there's a, a fundraiser being organised in aid of Andrew. He was diagnosed with a bone cancer, leomyosarcoma. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but diagnosed with that. Um, has had has had battle with that for the best part of a year so far, Matt. And it's it's a long it's a long journey back, but uh, it's been a fundraiser has been organised. There's a, a golf classic coming up in Charleville at the end of July, and I, I know it's something that you know you you want to talk about here. I do, Jack. Um, it it saddens me to 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 see Andrew, who I know very very well, stricken. Um, uh, and Andrew Sexton is a wonderful human being, Jack. Um, he's forty-one years of age. Um, he, you know, he comes from a family that, you know, are synonymous 
um, with 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 the GA, his brother Mike, a well-known referee, another brother John, a former inter-county referee. Um, they've given a lifetime. He's one of nine or ten brothers. They've they've given a lifetime to um, to to the GA, um, and he has been stricken with this now since last October, and um, uh, he's been out of work and. Um, He's, he's going to be out of work for another at least 12 months. So the family and friends are, are rallying around him and they're holding a golf classic in Charleville Golf Club on the 21st and, and the 22nd of July. And if anybody is 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 um, interested or any clubs out there would be interested in putting in a team and, and supporting Andrew, it's the Andrew... Sexton Golf Classic. Now, Andrew played for Brewery for many years and played up to recently, actually. And um, he was involved in coaching with Brewery, with Hospital Halberstown, with with Staker Wallace. And um, uh, he's the type of chap that, you know, would always want to give something back. But they've also um, established a GoFundMe page, Jack. And um, it's Andrew uh, Sexton Brewery fundraiser. So if if somebody, if anybody that would like to make a contribution, they're, they're aiming to raise 15000 to help his defray his expenses because he will be he will be commuting to and from Dublin um, for most of the next 12 months as part of his treatment. So I would appeal to anybody that has a few quid to spare if they would go into the, the GoFundMe um, Andrew Sexton fundraiser and maybe make a contribution to it. It would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, we're, 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 we're talking about a series. I, I'd appeal to the GA family um, that we're, 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 we're talking about a serious member of one of our own, um, and Andrew Sexton. Um, um, you know, I'm so saddened to hear about he he's in friction at the moment, but um, um, let's hope everything will t- be okay at the end of the day. Um, but for the moment, um, he's he's incurring considerable expenses. Um, he's out of work. He's a wife and five children. So um, um, I would appeal that anybody that can would give something to the fundraiser. Yeah, I'd echo that sentiment, Matt. Um, Andrew Sexton Brewery fundraiser. On GoFundMe, um, we find it in different places, and, and if you want, you know, to support a worthy cause and and get a day out golfing, I'm, I'm sure it'll be a lovely couple of days in Charleville, 21st, 22nd of July. And yeah. please God, Andrew can make a swift recovery with yeah. the aid of, of those people helping. As 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 well as 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 looking for teams to take part in the golf classic, Jack. They're also looking for uh, tea sponsorship. Yeah. So. You know, so- that that there's there's a myriad of ways that people um can contribute and 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 um you know um help you know Andrew on hopefully his road to a full recovery. Yeah, the last thing you need is uh to worry about money. So any any little helps and Andrew will be on the road recovery sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Please God and. Again, it it says in the GoFundMe, you know, one of his main loves in life is GA, and it just does bring people together, and brings communities together. So hopefully, um, as much money as possible can be raised. If anyone has a few spare pounds, as you said, to donate, yeah. do make sure to do that. Yeah. Andrew Sexton Brewery fundraiser on GoFundMe. 
And that's but but uh, other connections are Christopher Se Christopher Sexton in Kildama Palace. Kenry is another brother, and as as is Paul Sexton, who's the former uh, Limerick Camogie manager. So and um, Eamon Sexton is very very involved with Brewery. So you and you can see that that that, that the family are totally immersed in 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 in, in the GAA. Um, Lance, another brother, is 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 um, a regular umpire at all matches. So any any one of them. You know that they 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 they've you know um, their contribution to the GA over the years has been enormous, and you know I I I think it's incumbent on everybody to rally around Andrew at this stage. Yeah, and to be fair, the GA community does so often rally around when, when needs be. So hopefully this will be the same, and the best look to to Andrew in his recovery. Um, Matt, I've. Looking at my notes here, there's nothing we've missed as of yet. Obviously, you spent an awful lot of time. You have something there. I have. Um, I, I would just like to say congratulations to the Limerick under 16 Camogie team, who had a very, very good win in the All Ireland Day Championship. Now we know, and we had Dermot Ryan in here, and um, a couple of weeks ago when they won the Munster Championship. Now they subsequently lost to Cork in the first round, but. <coughs> They went. They went to Kilkenny in the second round last last Sunday to Freshford, and won by two goals and six points to a goal and eight um, to relaunch their, their championship bid. Now they they host Galway in Fedmar on this Sunday at two o'clock, and we wish them the best of luck. You must remember that these girls are competing at the highest possible level. It's the A Championship. We're talking about the Corks, the Kilkennys, the Galways, the Tipperaries. We're talking about the Camogie elite here. And they're more than holding their own. So um, we wish the girls congratulate them on the great win against Kilkenny. It is rarely that we have a championship win over Kilkenny at any level. And yeah. wish them the very, very best of luck against Galway and Fedemar on Sunday. Yeah. I echo that uh, the best look there against Galway, as you said, it's it's rare enough to be Kilkenny, so you enjoy those those victories whenever you get them. But Matt, uh, just over an hour and five on the clock, spent the bones of the first forty minutes talking about Limerick and Tipperary. All roads lead to Turles this Sunday afternoon. Obviously, the day before, huge clash for Limerick in the Talchin Cup against Carlow in Carlow. Um, so a busy, busy episode put down. A huge thank you, as always, to Noel's Menswear, our sponsor, for getting on board. Um, big thank you to everyone listening. Anyone anyone watching on YouTube, make sure you uh, subscribe and turn on the notifications. It just helps the algorithm a lot, and it can spread the word. Um, on Facebook, like and share. On Twitter, retweet and like and do all that good stuff just to help expand this, this ever-growing community as, as we support Limerick throughout the year and the clubs and, and a further field as well um, to you Matt as always uh, and to everyone listening before we go in, in three words who we as we head into the third round of the championship who will be the last three left standing in Munster in about 10 days time when Cork and Limerick is brought to close on Sunday week who will be the last three Cork um, Tip and Limerick. Ooh, so uh, you're you're back in Cork to be Clare, Limerick to be Tip, and then Tip to be yeah, Watford. I, and... Yeah, I might be totally wrong, Jack, but I I think Cork will. 
Cork are, are used to this situation, Jack. Um, uh, they're very good in this type of situation. Even this particular team, like they went, they lost the first two games last year <coughs> and went to Waterford in Walsh Park in the third round and dug out a, you know, a fairly handsome win, you know, so and didn't beat Tipperary in the final round to get through. So um, I, I think they will go with the same mindset to tennis on Sunday. And um, the only fear is that they'd come with the same mindset to Limerick the following week. But, um, you know, um, were they to win in, in, in Ennis on Sunday, the pressure will be off Cork. Yeah. Uh, I had originally said Cork and Waterford. So obviously when him is gone, but I'd... I always fancied Cork. Um, and I think Limerick... I think just the way it has fallen, I think Limerick will beat Tip and Tip will beat Waterford. So... It's looking like Limerick, Cork, um, and Tip, but we've been left with regular faces with regards Claire before, so we won't hold our breath there. But no. just a quick one to finish the podcast, nearly an hour and ten. Matt, as always, a pleasure. Thank you to everyone watching and listening. I cannot wait for the two games at the weekend, uh, Limerick in football on Saturday, and obviously that huge hurling game on Sunday. So a huge thank you to everyone for tuning in um, and, and getting involved, and to Noah's Menzer, as always. Thank you, and good luck. Thanks, Jack. The pressure in the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Phil Kenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? He's just about kept in. Oh, what a Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights... Let me spend out there from the world court today. No more about it. They made all the run, that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? No sympathy in this game for anybody.